Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by a cast of uh, 85% vaccinated people. What's up, Sarah and Jean? Um, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to figure out what 15% of us is not vaccinated. I don't, I don't know, know, but there's, there is, well, we are at at least 85%. So, okay. Oh, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. And, uh, math where we ended up with 15% remaining and there's two doses. Like I didn't know what the hell Jean was doing or you, Dave. I have no idea, but I'm fully vaccinated. I'm also Sarah Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak, and you, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about how crazy it must be to be an athlete over at the Olympics right now because there are so many that are coming out with all of these different variations of, of, of I'm vaccinated, but I've got, I've got the virus, and and, and I just, I, I, I'm still sort of flabbergasted. Flabbergasted is not the right word. I'm still sort of like torn about the idea that like. Next week, the Olympics are going to start, yeah. and they're going to be in empty stadiums, and it's going to be so like we thought. Oh, really? They're not letting to, people in to see the events? I don't think they are. I mean, maybe like you know, like coaches and stuff. <laughs> but I don't think they're letting in regular people. And also, I think dignitaries is pro appropriate for the Olympics. I, yeah, I guess. Like, like if this was like a, a regular season Phillies game, dignitaries is you know, let's be count gritty um like that's just <laughs> inappropriate but for for the olympics i i stand by dignitaries okay okay all right. uh so uh I'm, I'm i'm you know usually i am a huge summer olympics fan i'm a, i've got some mixed emotions and um you can read about them on twitter at potadelphia oh ooh, i like how you snuck that in there oh, so friday night july 23rd are you watching opening ceremonies or ted lasso Neither. I'm watching the uh, Flyers draft. Well, the NHL draft uh, this Friday. Um, hopefully, the Flyers won't be making a pick. Then I will uh, watch the Olympics on tape, and then eventually get to Ted Lasso. Yeah, you know, yeah, when I was a kid, I was always annoyed at the parade of nations that uh, we march under you for United States of America, and I have to wait for the entire. Because as as an American, I feel like we should be just first, like at the top of like every drop down list where it's like country. It's like they just, as a courtesy, put United States at the top, uh, and then list the countries in alphabetical order. I feel like we should just put us at the top. That way, I can just go to bed. I and that's why we're so should, popular. I, I always thought they should do it in terms of like the, the least amount of athletes represented to the most amount of athletes represented. So like the crowd would get progressively larger. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's sad though. It's sort of sad at the end. Um, all right. Well, let's get started because we haven't talked about this team uh, for a while. Uh, but they're making some making some news this week. So, um, Sarah, what's up with the Flyers? Um, well, I'm going to take a quick look to make sure that I did not miss any updates because that's where we are right now. Love it. Um, for right around the end of the Is this Flyers like season. Stove for hockey? Well, I mean, it's. It, it, the the stove is on fire. Okay? okay, this is unprecedented. Between the exp 
expansion draft, the entry draft, and free agency all coming within a week of one another and um, the, the shorter off seasons and a flat cap. Lots of stuff is going to be happening. Lots of stuff has happened. Well, stuff has happened already. Um, and we'll get to exactly what the Flyers did. But I, I was saying around in March uh, or April, I guess April and May, because this whole season was weird. Um, you know, I'm really excited for the off season, And this is exactly the reason why um, I have been on my phone way too much. I mean, more than normal, way too much. Um, and just trying to keep uh, up to date of the, the rumors of what's going on. And it's a really exciting time. Um, you know, do you want to get into anything else before the, the trade the Flyers actually made? Or Well, I mean, I don't know if we, we – I, I, I don't know the chronological order of it. Did the trade come first before the um, the protection selections? Sure, that's a great question. It did. The injection so, of the protection selections. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Was <laughs> uh, it a projection you. of the injection of project of protection selections? I'm not okay, go ahead. I'm not going to freestyle. No one wants to hear that. I mean, probably <laughs> the people listening want to hear it because it'd be awful. But I have too much self esteem by like an inch. Um, so uh, what happened? The the order of events here was. When the the season ended, uh, when the Tampa Bay Lightning won their second uh, Stanley Cup in a row, that's when the the temperature started rising on this on fire stove to torture metaphor that we started with, and there there was coming a time it was going to be three o'clock on Saturday, and. I believe three o'clock on Saturday. Don't hold, hold me to that. Where there is a transaction freeze, and teams cannot trade with one another. They can only negotiate with Seattle, and we're still in that now. We're going to be in that until Thursday. Um, and right up before three o'clock, the Flyers made their trade. The reason the freeze happened was so that. You know, you can't be submitting um, protected lists and Seattle going to make their picks. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, you want Shane Goss to spare? Well, we send him to Arizona. You got, you got to pick him from there. So that's why the freeze happened. And right before it happened, um, Chuck Fletcher made a huge move. This might be the biggest move to expect this offseason. Um, it's probably the one that's going to be the one most likely to change the Flyers' fate, and that was bringing in uh, the defenseman uh, Ryan Ellis from um, Nashville. And the the best part about this is, well, A, he's a great player. Uh, B, he fits the need we have. We wanted a veteran, puck-moving, right-handed, top-pair, number one uh, defenseman. And Ryan Ellis... Fits the bill in spades. He is, um, before I went away for two weeks or the show went away for two weeks, we mentioned um, about uh, Seth Jones mm -hmm. and how things were aligning for the Flyers to pick him up. This is a better pickup than Seth Jones by far. Okay. Is he Ryan, like all-star level defenseman? Yes. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. He's an all-star level defenseman. Uh, he has never won a Norris trophy, never won a best defender trophy, to my knowledge. He's been in the conversation, but he, he's not quite there. He's not like top three in the league, but he's in the top 10. Okay. Why um, were we able to acquire him? Several reasons. Um, the flat cap, um. wanting to protect their assets. So in the expansion draft, and I, I don't know exactly what Nashville ended up doing, but you can only protect a certain amount of players. The way to most optimize the people you can protect is to do seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. Your other option is four forwards, well, sorry, eight skaters, any combination, and a goalie. So... Nashville was at risk of losing one of their good defensemen for nothing. Ryan Ellis became clear was the odd man out. He's going to be 30 or he just turned 30. He's around 30. Um, he has had some injury history, which we'll get to, but he just was odd man out and he was connected to the flyers since around the trade deadline. Um, I think that was first week of April. And so it's not surprising that the flyers got him. I'm very, very happy if it wasn't obvious. I'm very happy the Flyers got Ryan Ellis. If you ask me, you know, before the offseason began, I would have said Dougie Hamilton. Um, mm -hmm. He's he's still out there, but I don't think he's coming to Philly. And then Ryan Ellis. The, that would have been my order. Um, so I'm really happy, and I'm floored at how little we gave to bring him in, you know, especially when it was a known need and he was a known fit for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, we were actually we, we were able to get rid of one of our headaches. Ooh, that is that is a <sighs> bad pun. And judging by Dave's reaction, it was an unintentional one. No, I it totally was. Yeah, that seemed like <laughs> you. I mean, like, I, I don't really accuse you of taking the high ground too often. Um, <laughs> but we got rid of Nolan Patrick. I don't think this is a addition by subtraction. I don't think losing Nolan Patrick for nothing would have been our best course of action. But he, along with Phil Myers, brought us Ryan Ellis, and that's it. We didn't have to give up draft picks. Um, we didn't have to give up, like, Igor Zamula. Um, I had him – and there's still time. More things are still going to happen, most likely. But I had Zamula sort of – you know, pushed aside, you know, push pin in or whatever. I had a pin put in Zamola thinking he was going to be one of the, the prospects lost in this process. But no, we lost Phil Myers, who hadn't stepped up and really got, uh, took that top four role that we hoped he would. I mean, he was in our top four, but that wasn't, um, that wasn't, um, he was in our top four, but that wasn't ideal. Um, and he, he hadn't seen the development we were hoping for. Now he still may, he still may see the development that we're hoping for, but Ryan Ellis is already there. And there's no real reason to think that, um, Myers are going to be anywhere close to, to Ellis. Um, when and how do we hear about the side deals that the Kraken make? Uh, that question comes from Tim Manning, friend of the show. Um, we're going to hear about those 
tomorrow morning, and I'll get well, into that in a second. Let me let me ask about this when we as we start to kind of like shift the conversation to the expansion draft. Um, okay, so the last expansion draft we had Vegas Golden Knights. Um, they they were able to. I'm sorry, I will forever the Las Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> um, they They're were able Vegas to just. They're just Vegas Golden Knights. I I know, but it's. But Vegas is not a place. It is Las Vegas. Okay. Um, they were able to just expansion draft a team good enough to make the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. That's not the way this is supposed to work. Like, <laughs> s- expansion teams should be bad their first year. I mean, it's only right. Well, if you're paying half a billion dollars for an expansion team, I bet you your attitude would be different. Well, your city uh, is already excited to have a team. It's like, oh my gosh, we have hockey in a, <laughs> in a really hot city now. So let's all go see the spectacle on ice. <laughs> I I mean, that was the old way of thinking. And I te- around Vegas coming in, I tended to agree. Um, but I've... I've had a change of heart seeing what's happened in Vegas. This, you know, this isn't just, oh, look at them. They're a cute little hockey market and they like their team, you know, because it's new and it's shiny. And in Vegas, it's literally shiny. Um, You know, isn't it cute? Maybe someday they'll have a good team. You know, look at all of the struggles of the recent expansion teams. Um, you have the most recent four previous to Vegas, um, Atlanta. They're in Winnipeg. They've probably been one of the more successful. Um, well, the Predators, um, Columbus, and who I'm blanking on one, the Wild. And the, the Columbus have been really, really bad. You know, they've been better lately, but still, throughout their history, really bad. Uh, the Wild have been mediocre. They've been okay. Um, but they've been here for 20 years. Uh, the Predators have been good. They've been good, but it took them a while to get there. And Atlanta is in Winnipeg. Um, so the, you want to give the, the market the best chance for success. And then if you even look at other semi-recent expansion teams of your Florida, not your Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been a big success, but your Florida um, – to, to an extent, your Ottawa as well. You, you get these guys in a hole, and it's, it's really, really hard to dig out of. And that could still happen to Seattle, but if you get them up and running, you make them like a real team. You know, how many times have have you looked at an expansion team in any sport and went like, oh, yeah, there, there's 30 NHL teams because Vegas doesn't really count. Like, oh, yeah, they have a team. Who's on it? I thought this guy was out of the league. You know, that sort of thing. No, Vegas is a real team. They're a destination. And it the league is better for it. So that has caused my change of heart. I want to see I want to see Seattle ice a good team. Making it to the Stanley Cup final in your first year is unprecedented. I don't think we'll see it again. I kind of hope we don't see it again. But I want them to be good. I want them to to contend for the Pacific Division, which more or less stinks. Um, so they probably should. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think it's it. like not fair to be able to swoop in and 
you know, take some of these players at the levels that they're at that, you know, other teams have worked to draft and cultivate and train and work into systems. And then it's like, oh, we're an expansion team. So we could just come in and go like, okay, well, you can only protect so many. So we'll just take a little of this, a little of that. And then boom, we're a playoff team. I don't know. Yeah, it's true, but there's a lot. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it, and I do understand that feeling. You know, I I was in the camp of, you know, the Vegas fans haven't suffered. You know, I, you want them to suffer. You want them to earn their team's success. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think it's well, a very. Also, I'm not overly worried. <laughs> I can't believe they hired Axel. <laughs> well, we've already talked about that. We've already talked about that. To double back to Tim's question, um, when are we going to hear about what's going on with Vegas? Not Vegas, Jesus. What's going on with Seattle? Um, uh, Tim follows up and says that the flat cat is, cap is everything with this expansion? Kind of. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. And um, people like Carey Price are available who would, never would be, but there's more to that. Um, people are taking some chances with their high-priced players. You know, we we're actively hoping Vegas takes uh, Voracek, unless we work out a side deal, just to shed salary. And that Ron Francis, the GM there, had said like, "Hey, this is our biggest asset. Our biggest strength is having a cap at zero. So make make use of it." Um, the rosters, the roster, the picks, they have to be submitted tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, they will be announced, uh, Wednesday evening, uh, which is also tomorrow, but yeah, this is show is not time sensitive. So if you're, if you're listening to this, the 21st is the day, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time, uh, the expansion picks have to be in eight o'clock Eastern is when they are revealed. I suspect we will be getting more leaks starting, oh, probably 8 o'clock Eastern time in the morning, 8 o'clock a.m. We'll probably get a few more will come out. You know, somebody going to do something dumb. You know, let's say it's Justin Braun leaves Philadelphia. It's, you know, he might literally leave Philadelphia. It's like, well, Braun was at the airport flying to Seattle. So unless this is a vacation that he planned, he's been selected. So things like that'll come out. Um, the big name um, insiders—they're going to get you know their their recompense for leaking stuff early. They're going to get their big news sometime tomorrow. So we we'll we'll start hearing things early in the morning. So uh, re uh, refresh your timeline. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what, do, what do they mean by side deals? Side deals. Well, that's a good thing because. Um, that's a good question. I mean, um, you're allowed to offer Seattle a, a deal. So let's say that you have a player that you wanted to protect. You know, you unfortunately had to expose somebody to this expansion draft. You really, really, really don't want them to select this one player. So you can offer Seattle whatever they'll take to stay away from that one player. Um, I believe the asking price was a first and a third or a second and a prospect, I think, depending on who you were asking Seattle to stay away from. Um, 
one of the things with Carey Price being made available, and that's the big drama, Seattle might actually take Carey Price, who is just in the Stanley Cup final with the Canadians, and to take him, get him for nothing. So that'd be crazy. And I really hope that happens just for, for Team Chaos fun. But it, what the hell was I saying? That's <laughs> um, no, the side deals. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Gene. Um, so the side deals, it is to, to to make a deal with Seattle. Hey, Seattle, we want you to take Jake Vorchek. We need the cap relief. So not only do you get a free player, but if you take him, we'll give you a third-round pick. And if that's what, what was the only thing that cost, then Voracek would be gone. Um, they, Seattle lives in the flat cap world, too, so they can only take so much. But people are trying to utilize that, trying to go pick this player, don't pick that player. Or in the case of a uh, a rumor that was out there earlier this week, it's let's say Seattle can draft someone from another team and the Flyers or, or any other team want them. Let's say you have somebody like Vladimir Tarasenko <laughs> uh, being made available uh, for the expansion draft by the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, he's a great player. Yeah, he's coming off shoulder injuries. He may still have lag, you know, uh, um, lingering, nagging shoulder issues, but he's, he's out there. He's available. And the Flyers or Florida or the Islanders can call up Seattle and go, we want Ter Tarasenko. How about you pick him up? You take uh, Robert Hag, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the rumor. <laughs> you take Robert Hag and, uh, from us and we'll trade you Jake Voracek and a second round pick for Vladimir Tarasenko. And they can do that. You know, you could also really start laundering players through Seattle. Like mm, Tarasenko's coming off two major, uh, seasons lost to injury. And, you know, more or less lost. And we don't want to take the full cap hit. So how about Sa Seattle? You pick up Tarasenko. We ask you to hold on to 20% of his salary. And then you take Voracek, Zamola, um, and two draft picks. You can do that. So can this so stuff be um, finalized before it happens? Or do yes. the actually need to happen first like and then we could just say like just kidding we're not doing that anymore so it's gonna I, be it can be finalized in advance i think it's a little of both but I, we can't do the just kidding the there there is a vegas not vegas geez, seattle will not have any assets to trade until the expansion draft with which happens at eight o'clock eastern time uh tomorrow night but these deals can be worked out ahead of time and they're going to happen like automatically. I think of it like the NBA draft where it's, you know, the, you know, the Sixers pick whomever. And even though the kid's mom works for the Sixers mm -hmm. and he's going to pose with the hat, he's been traded even before that he's been announced. And that's more or less how the expansion draft is going to work that, if we make the Tarasenko deal, which would be really fun, uh, if we make the Taras Tarasenko deal, it's going to be worked out by tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Okay. But there's nothing to stop us from going, hey, we didn't get that Tarasenko deal, um, Seattle. 
who do you have available now? Let's talk about the scraps. Can we make some trades here? That can still happen. So, like, this is not faked enthusiasm. This is just pure hockey nerd stuff, and I'm so happy. <laughs> um, so that the Tarasenko deal. Let's let's go in, into that a little uh, bit because he's an exciting player. If he ends up with the Flyers, and that's a bigger if today than it was at the beginning of the week. If he ends up with the Flyers and is healthy, oh, we're going to see Tarasenko jerseys all over the Wells Fargo Center. He is fun. He is exciting. I know someone said, oh, we haven't had a sniper like that since Jeff Carter. He's more fun than Jeff Carter. He's more deadly than Jeff Carter. He, he, he's an electric kind of player. I when we're talking about the central division, I don't see a lot of them, but when I've seen Tarasenko play, I've gone for as however long he's been in the league. I'm like, Oh, I wish the flyers had a player like him. And if he's healthy, he's going to do some dynamic shit guys. It's going to be fun. Um, and Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, on the crossing broad website, uh, put this out on Sunday, I believe. And the way it was portrayed there, um, was like, this is a done deal. He heard it from two different sources. They're just talking about like second or third for the draft pick. Um, Russ Joy, um, his partner in crime on the Snow the Goalie show, which I guess we shouldn't advertise other podcasts <laughs> that we're not affiliated with. So forget I said that um, on their show. And he said like, oh, now I'm more convinced that it's, it's inevitability that Tarasenko would be here. That's not the case just yet. It might happen. Like this... Anthony Sanfilippo say whatever you like from him. He's not someone who makes shit up. He may have overstated something. He may have framed it in a way that wasn't the best. But but this is based on fact. He got this information from somebody. But right now, it just seems like there's a lot of balls in the air. It's not nailed down just yet. So don't, don't buy your Tarasenko jersey yet. Um... But, what would you put the percentage at for likelihood? Um, based off some stuff Elliot Friedman said earlier today, I they said the Flyers are no longer the leader in the clubhouse to get Ooh. him. But that can change. You know, sure. turn that third round pick into a first round pick, and hey, we're the leader again. I I, I put it at fifty five percent to get him. You know, I know that's a coin flip. It, I know that's not that fun of an answer, but I think it's accurate. I think it's slightly more likely than less that that Tarasenko is a flyer um, this time tomorrow. Night. Do you think? Do you think there's a like a offensive focused plan B? Oh sure. Well, kind of. I think the 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 main focus outside of this opportunity to to get Tarasenko. Um, will be to address the defense some more. We have, and that's going to be a need no matter what. We, um, we've we solved our top pair problem. Our top pair is going to be elite. Provi, don't screw this up, okay? <laughs> you've when, when paired well, you've been really, really good. You should be really, really good next season. Um, our second pair, we got, we got Travis Sanheim. That's it. Maybe Ghost is up there, but we will need to ditch salary. Ghost has felt like the odd man out for years. Ghost probably won't be here. 
and they probably don't want him on the second pair. So we're looking for a second pair defenseman. Um, and there are some names out there through free agency, through trade. You know, there's a lot of different people who can fit in that second pair slot. But that needs to be addressed. The backup goaltender needs to be addressed because Carter Hart was shaky last year. He's a really young goaltender. We need somebody who can go, hey, kid, work on your game. You got two weeks off. This guy's carrying the load, and he's not going to get injured right away, which you can't say about Brian Elliott anymore as much as he's my son's favorite player. Um, so those are the two main needs. I think this Tarasenko is just the, the Flyers. Uh, Chuck Fletcher said it. You know, he wants a change in the room. He need he wants to change this team up, and that's a big change. The guy's got personality to spare. He's a dynamic player, and it, it'll certainly change the vibe of this team. Um, if that doesn't happen, there are many other avenues to go, and not just the expansion draft. We have the entry draft. The regular all draft is happening on Friday, and. Lots of deals are going to happen that day, whether they involve the Flyers or not. So people will be becoming available the longer this week goes. Okay. Now that I've done a half-hour monologue, questions, oh. comments, <laughs> rumors you guys want to make up, I won't yeah. endorse them, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Now I I gotta t- <laughs> that comment, Dave. I'm taking a moment. Connor, that comment came in 15 minutes ago, and I I saved it for this very moment. <laughs> There's backstory to this. Okay, so I do not know Connor. I had my first interaction with him. Oh, let's say about. Three hours ago, I'd say, uh, right around seven o'clock Eastern time. I, I want to say, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong. I imagine you remember this. Um, and the early penalty box. Normally, we do the penalty box at the end of the show. We're sneaking one in here right now. New friends. Um, <laughs> um, so, Flyers Nation, which is a blog site that I've followed for years. Um, I followed them for years, and I've read them here or there. I, I don't really know anybody there. I know lots of people, lots of different blogs. Uh, Flyers Nation, I know the name. <laughs> um, but now I know Connor, who had written for them. And he wrote an article called, Do the Flyers Need a Logo Change? <laughs> or the Flyers Do Need a Logo Change. It was advocating that the Flyers change their logo. Okay. Needless to say, I disagreed. Um and I was one of the first commenters in because I have been obsessively refreshing, hoping for news. And uh, I said no. Also made a little joke that was a little mean, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> and and this story from Flyers Nation got ratioed to hell. So Connor is like, welcome to primetime, bud. All right. So there were piles on some not kind things thrown Connor's way. Um, he, he took it with a plum as far as I can tell, but Flyers Nation didn't. So shortly after this, I kind of, I kind of thought that this was something that was 
designed to stir up controversy. You know, the, the Flyers are practically an original six franchise. We're not, but someone could be forgiven for, for thinking that. Our logo is next to the Habs and the Habs only for like iconic NHL logos. And maybe Detroit, maybe Detroit in there as well. The Leafs have changed their logo more often than we have. Um, and it's very near and dear to Flyers fans. So Connor's take got a lot of attention, a lot of attention. And I kind of thought that was what Flyers Nation was going for. I thought they were like, <laughs> hey, grenade, boom, and God damn, did it explode. Um, and then Flyers Nation attempted to wipe, wash their hands of the situation. They said, like, more <laughs> or less, Connor's opinion does not reflect <laughs> Flyers Nation or Flyers, you know, <laughs> Nation shareholders or something along those lines, to which that I took the most offense to. Because if you are going to pub publish somebody and they're saying something controversial, which the Flyers should change their logo, is needless to say controversial, you have to stand behind your author. You have to stand behind your writer or don't publish it. If, if you publish it and go, that's not our opinion, that that's his, well, you're the one who published the damn thing. Stand behind your writers. If you want someone to write for you, you need to stand behind them. You don't need to say, this is the best idea ever. If you don't believe that, you don't need other writers to say it going like, hey, we liked this take because it was bold. And here's a new guy. Um, we want to promote his work. Stand behind it. You stand behind your writers. <laughs> you know, you stand behind something you put your damn name on. If you have a platform, you have to use it responsibly. If if all of our listeners have taken away one thing from Sarah on this show, it is use your platform responsibly. And that pissed me off to no end to, to stab him in the back that way. Um, and it wasn't even joking. It could have been joking like, uh, we don't know this guy. We've been hacked. Funny. That's funny. You should have done that. You should have done that, Flyers Nation. But instead, they deleted the tweet that disavowed the knowledge of it. And then they deleted the original post. The one that got ratioed all the oh. I know. Like, people are going to forget. It could not have been handled worse. So I, I really don't know, Connor. Um, I, I'm happy he turned into the show. I'm happy to give him a little publicity. I'm happy to have his back if if the people who publish his damn work wouldn't. You know, you need brave, bold thoughts. You need different ideas. And there are no bad ideas in brainstorming. But God, no, the Flyers should never change their logo. <laughs> yeah, it'll never happen in a million years. And it's obviously yeah. just, a, you know... a attention grab type i mean and 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 fine it's fine we can yeah. talk about that kind of crap all the time i i've heard that conversation had on the radio like you know oh the flyers oh, yeah. should change the logo it should be like an airplane or something like i i you know i don't know it's just never gonna I, happen I, i've been a proponent of changing the uniforms i mean keep them orange black and white keep the flyers logo but go hey this is a new era of flyers hockey let's take some stuff from the past and mix it up a little, you know, come up with that, you know, like that great winter classic Jersey from 2012. That was a brand new design. Uh, like we, I, I know we, we've talked about this so many times, like the flyers yeah. uniform changes. Sometimes I feel like I like uh, someone went on the TV uh, picture mm -hmm. menu and like 
pushed like two bars up on like the tint uh, menu. And then, like, look, we got a new uniform. New, look, new color. You got to get a jersey in this color now. Uh, yeah. Sometimes there's nothing like well, drastic true. on it. If you had to say like which teams are in Philly are most likely to change their logos, it would be like Sixers. <laughs> they change it every year. Um, the I, I I would I I guess Philly. the Phillies Phillies would probably next. be the, the the second likely team, and then and then the Eagles only because of Laurie's stubbornness. Uh, and then the Flyers are like locked in cement. Like that logo will never, ever, ever change. Why would you? Never. Like that's literally why would you? Why would you do that? People get uptight if you put silver in the outline. Let alone <clears throat> if you're going to completely rearrange the logo. Yeah, and now, I don't really, now really here we are think that a any of Philadelphia's that. current logos are bad. I I sort of like where we are at design wise right now. Um, there are certainly a lot of places that have it a lot worse off than we do as far as designs are concerned. Um, yeah, okay. But I mean, you have to read the comment to share it with everybody, like read it aloud. Oh, I'm sorry. I always forget. I always just assume that we're just visual now. Uh, Sarah says maybe the Flyers should take some uniform hints from their farm teams, uh, which is interesting. I mean, the Phantoms have always had like a cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phantoms and the Reading Royals. Um, I I wouldn't hate a accent color for special occasions, like the purple. Um, like getting the purple. in there with the orange, yeah. Yeah, the um, Lehigh is not purple anymore. They, well, the, oh. Lehigh has never been purple. They their accent color is blue. You hardly ever see it, but it's blue. Um, and of course, the Reading Royals are like purple at the ass so um i could i could go for an accent color for the flyers but i mean like it's gotta be minimal it has to be the flyers special purple accent jersey i mean just know. make it like purple green or it's like we're full on we are just the halloween team it's like green it's like the hobgoblin meets the green goblin on our jersey all right whatever um okay real quick since we went on a tangent favorite goblin like of all the spider-man goblins in any iteration what is your favorite goblin uh i think it's the uh well i think it's the hobgoblin you always like the look of the hobgoblin more so than the green goblin is there a third goblin that i should be aware of there's demigoblin and no, the red I'm goblin not, I'm, not, and... I'm not into all that yeah i'm not really either like, but they're not like goblin-y goblin enough <laughs> Gene, any strong opinions? I, I like the 60s animated goblin the best. Okay. Scared the crap out what of me. What I don't like now is like the green goblin now is like a humongous, like hulking monster. You know, oh, if you God. watch like some of the cartoons and stuff now, it's like. Yeah, but that's rather be like little and sprite light on his little glider. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, like a normal like I'm a person doing this. Well, the sprite like implies like puck from <laughs> <laughs> from midsummer. I mean, that would be a green goblin take. That <laughs> um 
Okay. Any um, last thoughts on the Flyers as we just – No, I just wanted to uh, comment on jeans that I think the Phillies uniform is bad. Really? I think the current Phillies uniform is not great. Like the whole set you think is bad? Yeah, you know, like I don't, you know, I don't like the love red it. Third. You don't like the creams? Uh, yeah, I don't love it. I, I don't like the cleaned up retro, like the cleaned up throwback look. Not into it. I don't like it. What would you do? Go? Would you go completely back to the like early '80s sort of fat P? Yeah. Or or do you? Is it the shade of red that bothers you? Um, I don't know. It's just like I don't know. It's corny to me. All right. The, I don't know what else to you say. It's like for. it's like what you would make in like puffy paint, and then like oh, <laughs> let's put a star on the eye, like. I don't know. It's just corny to me. I don't love it. I I feel like the Phillies should go back to the fat P, but like on a schedule, like every two decades. You know, <laughs> the 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 throwback, the the pinstripes, the the skinny P with the stars and all. Loved it for a long, long time. It's been a while. It's been since the the mid nineties. Or early nineties. Early nineties. Um, yeah, well, because ninety three definitely. So either late eighties, early nineties, the switch happened. But give it every two decades. Just go like, okay, time to swap. I'd love that. I really I'm old, and I think in decades. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the of the the fat pee, but I I particularly miss the maroon. There are not a you know there are a lot of red teams. We already have another red team in the division. The Nationals are primarily a red team. They're not, they're, you're not going to have a lot of conflict with other maroon teams, not only I mean, in the well, National League, like across As across far as the sports. Nationals go, if we want to stay red, <laughs> like they got to change because we're like the original, like 100, we've been here 100 years. Like yeah, we have 10,000 know. losses, so that gives us. We're the Expos. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I, they, they can be red and white if they want to <laughs> go back to their expos, you know. Yeah, and I think the Phillies need to do um like when they have throwback days. Like I know they they did throwback Thursday. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Um but like you got to let us know what the uniform is going to be in advance of the game because I can't stand it when like, okay, we're all wearing like the team is wearing the red standard uniforms today. And in the fans, we got all powder blues and, and maroons or like, you know, they're wearing maroons and powder blues and we got all the red current stuff, you know, shirtsies. Um, so I just want to like, how do we sync up the fans? And then you look across the stadium and it's not, it's like all different colors because you know, we got the people that are doing throwbacks, people doing the current stuff. Um, Anyway, Philly's down four two right now in the seventh, trying to trying to get back in this thing. Um, so, speaking of the Phillies, <laughs> a report came out today that not only are the Phillies one of the few teams that are under the eighty five percent vaccination uh, threshold, we are actually under fifty percent uh, with amongst the players on the team. So, twenty six men roster. 13 or fewer of them uh, are vaccinated. And um, like, you know, again, and today we get the news that uh, who who's out now? Uh, Bailey Falter again uh, is out on the, the COVID list. And uh, who, who else was it? 
Uh, I'll pull it up. I forget off the top of my head. Yeah, and so well, I know there, Mickey Moniak's with the we team know about now. Alec Yay! Well, Boehm is back, um, but he is not uh, game in game shape. So I think they have him like doing some workouts and stuff. Uh, uh, Hammer was the other pitcher. I'm sorry, who was that? Hammer. Oh yeah, JD the, Hammer. the JD Hammer. Seems like everyone with like hair down past the ears. You know, Nola uh, Jankowski was was involved in that. Oh God, Hammer uh, and uh, and and Falter. They all got the hair down past the ears. Just just an observation. I mean, well, I mean, maybe they're just so hippie-ish. They they want to keep their bodies pure and or become anti-vaxxers. I mean, clearly they're at least anti-one vaccine. Uh, you know how to keep your body pure? Keep COVID out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think the... Did, did it start with Didi? Like, Didi got the vaccine and said, like, oh, I didn't feel... Not like no, he had... No, no. Didi has underlying health conditions that I believe prohibit him from getting the vaccine. Yeah, he can't. Uh, he, he uh, vaccine. Know, like, actually can't get it. Yeah, uh, okay, so Brandon Kinsler was the one that said he got the vaccine and then his neck was stiff. And that turned a lot of people... Uh, the report is that turned a lot of people off to it. What so I would say is, is like, hey... It turned off a lot of the pitchers. Yeah, what I would say is like, hey, look around the league. A lot of these teams you're playing are over 85% vaccinated and um, they're beating you. <laughs> and their so, guys are going on and off the DL. You know what I mean? That's that's the bigger problem. Is in some cases because of tracing, it, we're, we're losing guys who could be helping the team because they can't participate. Like Nolan didn't have a test positive, as far as I know, but he's now missed yeah. three starts at least. Right, and he wasn't with the team. And like you know, who knows if tonight's start is some sort of downstream of effect of uh of you know not being with the team for uh 10 days or two weeks you know including the all-star break or or something something like that but yeah i mean this gets into the area of you know you're gonna miss time we may lose games because of that it may come down to a game or two to make the playoffs and we're gonna miss the playoffs because you didn't get vaccinated yeah and it's you had sort of alluded to it before. You know, these guys are worried about you know, the vaccine giving them injuries. Well, how many games are you going to lose to a sore neck, to to flu-like symptoms, versus how many games are going to leave lose going on the the COVID list? And you know, Dave, I think you had put it out there on Twitter earlier today. Like, you know, if if you, you know. It's not just about caring about society; it's about caring about your team and wanting to win. You know, and if it's their personal choice to not take the vaccine, it's our personal choice to be pissed about it. You know, yep. it's and and there's something going on there, and and I've experienced it in like regular life, where everyone's taking the vaccine, everyone's taking it around the same time. Like at least a lot of us did. And you hear about all these vaccine side effects. Oh, the second shot, I felt really crappy afterwards. That happens with the flu shot. You know, that happens, um, you know, I talk about my kids a lot. That happens on 
every one of their vaccines. Less so now they're a little older, but they always got the fever. They're always cranky. They're always, always uncomfortable. Now imagine if you had a whole nation of toddlers getting the injections all at the same time. You, you'd have people going, well, these vaccines are clearly wrong because look at all these, these sick kids, you know? It's unprecedented that this many people are getting a vaccine at the same time. So when you start seeing these little patterns, you start saying the outliers are, are commonplace, you know, or this is a big epidemic when we're actually dealing with a real life pandemic. So yeah, I, I'm, it pisses me off for a lot of reasons and it really is them putting themselves over the team um, in a really dumb kind of way. It's not, it's, I don't think it's a moral stance. I think it's just, dumb literally an ignorant stance i don't know i mean it's hard to say i just wish i knew what the what the actual fear was at this point like even if you wanted to hold off initially like okay i got vaccinated in, in february you know i mean la di da <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a critical, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, critical to the healthcare process um, for animals, but you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, like, like I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I feel like I'm good. What, like what are you like? What are you worried about? It's gonna happen. Like you're gonna grow like a third eye or something, or like a third testicle or something. Like, I, I don't know what the fear is at this point. Like enough people have gone through it that it's like, like, you know, okay. And now the trials are, I mean, how far out are we from the, the people that were part of the trials, like a, a year and a half or something like, yeah, wow. like at some point you got to just be like, okay, <laughs> I, I'm wondering when, when the last time, like a major, uh, a, a major disease, affected the globe that like a, like a vaccine was created for it's like holy shit there's this deadly disease it's like we got a vaccine and everyone goes like no 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 i'm good I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll take my chances with this deadly disease yeah and and i, I think david comes a little to your point uh before of like you want to know the logic behind it you know or is this all ideology are these just like a whole bunch of like you know red state Trump voters going like, nope, fake news, yada, 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 and go, all right, quick, so I'm going to call up Sean Hannity and find out if he's a Phillies fan and get him to go convince our, our clubhouse <laughs> to get inoculated. Or, or if it's just maybe there is no facts to to convince them to take it. I mean, like, no like at this point, right, because all of the stuff, like anyone who gets sick from the vaccine – uh, you know, where there's like a complication and it's a very small number of people, like very small, um, gets publicized, right? Oh, there's a problem with the J&J &J vaccine. It may cause this like, I don't know, brain thing or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was. But it's such a small percent, like it's still like your chances of having a side effect like that from the vaccine are even infinitesimal compared to your chances of getting COVID and being seriously sick and dying from it. So Which is, with those know, chances are pretty good. Those chances are I'm very, like, very good. I feel like, I'm like we're, we're spinning off into 
like a vaccine conversation as opposed to like how this applies to the Phillies. And like, I, I don't know. I would love for fans to show up. In, like what would happen if you showed up to, to the game on Friday uh, against the Braves and you had like a big like uh, syringe like sign where it was like, get vaccinated assholes. Like, you know, would you think that they would make you like, like, no, you can't have that here. I suggest you, you you do that in section uh, three hundred one. I believe that's where the pandemic is. I feel like that would be appropriate. Who's who's like who's like fan group? Could we make like the um, like Vinny's like Vinny the vaccination Velasquez? Like <laughs> whose fan group can we make like a vaccine uh, group? Alvarado's antibiotic. <laughs> what was that one, Gene? I said Bohm's Biologics. <laughs> Bohm's Biologique. Bi- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave's just sitting here trying to think of puns. Nah. Well, yeah, kind of. Um, I think the thing so- that's most irritating is that the Phillies going into the All-Star break sort of gave – they had momentum. They were one playing as one of the best teams – not only in the National League, but across baseball, they were like three and seven in their seven and three in their last ten. They had won. They've won four straight series. They actually took a series off the Marlins, which uh, if that doesn't get you excited about the rest of, about their prospects, I don't know what will. Um, so to sort of run into this sort of, there's so much about this team to get you pissed off <laughs> anyway about how they play baseball. Especially the relief pitchers. Bronia's Corona. There you go. Thanks, Tim. Um, That's a throwback. uh, Rico Bronia was was 2000, what, two? Yeah. But I don't need to get pissed off at the Phillies for not getting vaccinated. Like, I will be, especially relief pitchers, man, I can't say this enough. I will be irritated with you anyway. Please try to do the things that, like, you can control. You know, I know you can't control your fastball, but maybe you can control that you don't go on the COVID list. Gene, um, is that the problem? Is that the problem? Like, <laughs> these guys are just kind of mediocre and they assume doctors are as well. <laughs> it's like, listen, like, I'm trying to find the strike zone. I swear to God I am. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. So, like, I'm sure Fauci's trying his best. What's what? I said I don't want to be a statistic, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be a, a, a home run ball in the medical profession. <laughs> they saw Fauci's opening pitch, and they're like, I suck, and I can do better than that. This guy has no yeah. idea what he's talking about. Yeah, he must have that, had the vaccine. That's what made him throw have. that spike. Dead arm. Spike that ball. We unlocked it here on Potadelphia. <clears throat> All right, let's go to the penalty box. We actually haven't done done one of these in a while. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, So I'm going to kick it over to you, Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? Oh, good. I am so excited because this means that nobody's going to snag my my penalty box. So I am putting in the European Handball Federation. Have you guys been following European Handball? I have been following it very closely. Uh, Well, watch it, Dave, because that could be – very problematic. Um, <laughs> the Norwegian women's team made a statement in the bronze, I believe it was the bronze medal game of the European Handball Championships by wearing shorts. 
That is not part of the handball federation uniform for female handball players. No, no. The female handball players, according to the European Handball Federation, must wear bikini bottoms. And by not wearing bikini bottoms and wearing shorts for the match against Spain, they were fined um, not a small amount of money. Uh, 1,500 euro, approximately uh, $1,767 the team was fined. So the real damning evidence that this whole thing needs to be fixed is if you actually look at the team photograph for the Norwegian team, they have the men's team on one side, they have the women's team on the other. Look this up. I think the New York Times has it. Look this up if you're listening to the audio. I don't have it to show visually, but next time I'll do better homework. Um, <laughs> you can see the men's team in T-shirts and shorts, and you see the women's team in, like, bathing suits and high-cut bikinis, and they play the exact same sport, and they are – Equally semi well known, it's an equally semi well known sport that nobody actually, I guess, maybe outside of Europe cares about. Um, I think it's actually people follow it in South America too. But, um, this is not for those of you who may not be aware of handball, it's different from water polo. Handball is not actually played in the water, so I don't understand why it is necessary for women when playing handball to wear bikinis. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it here's the picture. Um, faster. It doesn't help you do anything in terms of handball any better. You 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 could wear shorts, and that's what the women's team did. They wore shorts. So yeah. Is this the uh, is this oh. the picture you were referring to? Yeah. Uh, well, that's if you, the first picture there. If you go up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought that that was going to be the um, the picture that w was the side by side. This so this is the shorts is that they. And got they fined. decided to wear. They yeah, were wearing the, that picture and got fined. They were wearing yeah, that yeah, yeah. But this picture here, yeah, is the is and the. And you men can and see glare, <laughs> like the glaring difference between the men's team and the women. The men yeah, in the, the same tournament wore the uniform, red tank tops and shorts. You can see almost no skin. Women were forced to wear. The rule is way too much skin. This is the rule: is that the the side of the of the um the the uniform. Uh, cannot exceed 10 centimeters. It's it's the rule in our house, too, is that the, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's that the, so they had the, the, the bikini side cannot be more than 10 centimeters. It could be less, I guess. They, they, there's well, no problem yeah, with that. But there, there have been fines also for ones that are too short. Um, uh, this rule just has to change. It just it's so dumb. Like, there is no reason competitively for women to have – like, if, if a team wants that for their uniform, fine. Like, I'm not saying that women shouldn't be allowed to wear it. What I'm saying is it shouldn't be mandatory that you have to dress like that. If the women's team in Norway wants to wear shorts to play handball, by God, let the women wear shorts. And, and like, not for nothing, but the, um, the tops are not, like, uh, you know, super – no, they, like, they yeah, there's not a lot of coverage either there. It's, it looks like a I mean, they're really like high uh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but no, the they're, they're, they're handball, there was literally no reason why the men's team and women's team couldn't be wearing the exact same uniform. They could wear the exact same uniform. There is no reason for there to be any variation in the uniform. They play the exact same sport. 
Why aren't the men in Speedos? Why isn't it mandatory that the men wear Speedos? Because it's a stupid rule. I'm not sure that's the argument I'm going with. Your argument is make the men wear Speedos? No. Oh, that's what you're saying. That's what I feel like your argument is. is like, if they got to wear Speedos, everyone's got to wear Speedos. I think everyone should wear pants all the time. I don't think anybody should ever Jeans. <laughs> just get out there. Some, <laughs> some je- Look, if Tom Cruise could play beach volleyball in jeans, you could play handball in jeans. Go. Right. Do it. Do it. All right. So, <laughs> clearly, I'm passionate about this topic. So the European handball penalty... I implore you, Sarah, give them the, the the strictest fine you can. Oh yeah, they're 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 getting an extreme penalty. Um, I heard about this. Honestly, I dismissed it off handball. Um, I dismissed <laughs> it because I never heard of handball. I always kind of thought it's like I don't know what you played in like gym class of like here's the bouncy ball, go play baseball. Like that's what the hell I thought they were talking about. So I really didn't look into it, but I am infuriated. There is no reason for that. There's no there's no reason for that difference. The the men are wearing long shorts, like 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 mid nineties long shorts go down past your damn knee and huge tank tops whereas the women are in their underwear like that's not an exaggeration like and they don't even have the um, excuse of it's a, it's a, it's in a pool like it's not yeah, it's in a gym it, it's, i'm yeah, just going to throw this out there norway is pretty much consistently in the top 3 in the happiness index uh for all countries in the world just throwing that out there Let's follow Norway's lead. Read some <laughs> August Strindberg. Live a happy life until you. Um, and the European Handball Federation. You are getting uh, a game misconduct. Get the hell out of here. You are getting a 20 game suspension until you Ooh. come back in your damn underwear. I want to see all of you. Come back in your skivvies and then we'll talk. I think that's one of the most severe penalties we've ever seen. I didn't know the object of the the game of handball is to get the viewers to play handball with you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All right, Dave. (laughs) Who is in your penalty box? I'm putting the Facebook marketplace in the penalty box today. Okay. All right. Let me tell you my tale here. I'm <laughs> selling some patio furniture, right? So I just kind of casually took some pictures of the couch. And then before I went on my lunch break, I posted them on Facebook marketplace. And I put my price, pictures, whatever, post. Okay. I go on my lunch break. I come back to my computer and I have like... 50 messages from people saying, is this still available? Okay, whoa. So I go to the first person who messaged me, right? I'm like, okay, you were first. It's available. Uh, You know, do you want to come and look at it? Now, how long am I expected to wait for this first person to write me back before I move on to the next person? And then invariably, as soon as I message the next person, the first person gets back to me and says, oh, yeah, 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 I'm interested. And now I already have some other lady coming to look at it. I I feel like there's got to be some sort of cue system that lets me know 
you know, who's serious? Put, can you put the money in some sort of like holding account? So I know you have it and you're, you're not messing around. With the, so I've adopted a whole new system. Now I talk to people, I say, you want it? If they say yes, I go, okay, I'm marking it sold. It's yours. Come pick it up tomorrow. And then if they don't come, it's going to open up a whole new process. But it's very stressful. I and I'm still getting mess. I've at least 75 messages of people who want this thing. I guess I priced it way too low uh, uh, to, to get a to get a response like this. But I'm very. I have a lot of anxiety about this. And then I, I moved on from this one woman, and she wrote me. She's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I missed your messages. I was putting my sick kids to sleep." And I'm like, "Uh, did you already sell it?" And I'm like, "Uh." Yes, I'm sorry. You didn't get back to me. I know I'm the devil. I'm like the worst person ever. So well, um, the patio furniture is not going to be helping your sick children. <laughs> that, that you have bigger things to be concerned about, lady. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Go on, Dave. I just didn't want you to feel bad. No, well, that I do feel bad. I feel bad because I probably skipped around. I probably missed some people that that messaged me earlier. And I'm learning now. If you want to buy something on the Facebook Marketplace, you are basically um, like really lucky if you if you're getting this item because that you just happen to be the person that that seller responded to because they're probably getting all kinds of like weird messages. So for that, I'm putting Facebook Marketplace in the in the penalty box. All right. From the people who brought you disinformation that's ruining <laughs> our elections, we present Facebook Marketplace presenting hyper competitive cheap goods from your neighbors designed <laughs> to destroy your community. We're on to you. We're on to you, uh, Facebook. We're on to you, uh, Zuckerberg. Uh, you are getting a double minor, which is the stiffest penalty that Facebook has ever faced. Oh. Sarah, who is in your penalty box today? Uh, all right. Well, it's going towards a group of people. And these people mean well, but their execution is poor. And uh, I'm going to get to someone in particular first. Well, let's talk about people in general. This um, was it just yesterday? I think it was just yesterday. A tremendous thing happened in the hockey world. Our first player under a professional contract has come out of the closet. So congratulations to Luke Prokop, um, a prospect in the uh, Nashville Predators system. He came out Monday morning uh, via a statement and an interview with Pierre Lebrun telling the world that he is gay. Um, and congrats, Luke. We are happy for you. We wish you nothing the best. Hope you have a great NHL career. And thankfully, the 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 reaction has been pretty wonderful. I mean, there's awful people, but for the on the whole, people are really excited for him. They're excited for hockey. They're 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 acknowledging this moment, if not celebrating it, acknowledging this as a, as a big moment for for the league. And a lot of people, a lot of fellow queer people, took the occasion on Monday to go, congratulations, Luke. But, or this is a great moment, but the NHL still partners with Chick-fil-A, which they do. And that's legitimate. And that can be something that people can talk about. But maybe not immediately after we're celebrating this kid. He's a kid. He's 19 years old. He has entered the history books. He has the world spotlight on him. That takes tremendous bravery, you know, regardless of, whatever that takes tremendous bravery and your first instinct is to go well things still suck 
And I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying there's a time and a place for it. Give the kid his day. You know, let him have this moment. And especially let your own community celebrate you. And that and that's what really upset me the most was like, hey, we're the ones that are supposed to have his back. And we will. You know, I hope so. At least we, you know. Um, but we are the ones that should be celebrating hardest today. And then tomorrow, which would have been today, but then the next day, then bring up, okay, great. You celebrated Luke yesterday. Now, what are you doing for the for the LGBT community today? That's fine. And um, someone in particular I want to point out, um, Emily uh, Vanderwerf, um, she is a uh, critic at large, I believe is her title. And Emily, if I've got that wrong, I do apologize. Uh, she's currently with Vox um, Media. Um, she had previously been uh, with the AV Club. And Emily, like myself, Emily is trans. And um, we know each other a little. Not, not a lot. Um, but we do know each other a little. And the Emmy nominations had come out the other week. And MJ Rodriguez from the TV show Pose made history. She is the first uh, trans actress, trans actor or actress to get a major acting award nomination. And it was a really happy moment. Just, hey, Pose, wonderful show. Check it out. I know I've mentioned that before. Um, MJ Rodriguez is really, really good in it. In a difficult role to make compelling. The role she's been asked to play is kind of milk toast. It's, it's, but she makes uh, Mother Blanca, the, her character, really, really compelling. And Emily um, retexted the, the celebration of her nomination and then immediately afterwards went, last retext. And all it took was a historically understuffed year thanks to a global pandemic. But we did it, ladies. We made it. Come on. You know, let her have the moment. You know, especially when you're supposed to be the people who have her back. You know, so celebrate, MJ. Celebrate these moments and then get back to the fight. It, it reminds me of the, the end of uh, A New Hope, the end of Star Wars. You know, they blew up the Death Star and they do a medal ceremony. You are rebels on the run. They do a medal ceremony because those moments are to be celebrated. Like, that moment didn't have C-3PO going... Well, just so you know, we still live in the evil dictatorship and they're all coming for us. Which is really true. The rebels had more work to do. Their job wasn't done, but when you're celebrating, take the moment and celebrate it. So if you are a parade rainer, a phrase I just came up with now, if you are a parade rainer, you're getting a two-minute minor. Your heart's in the right place, but your weather's in the wrong one. All right. I did a good job with the whistle today. We're in good shape. <laughs> that is, uh, we went a little long today, but, you know, it's the first time uh, all three of us have been back together in about three weeks. So, you know, it's to be expected. And uniforms conversations were involved. So, you know, you can just tack on five minutes right there. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this week. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. And be sure to check out the Painted Lines YouTube channel for your wall-to-wall -wall, uh, sports and entertainment coverage. We will be back next Tuesday talking about what? 
Phillies, Flyers, Eagles training camp is probably about to start. So all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff coming up. So um, Team USA. Oh, Olympics. How could I forget? U.S. Uh, women's so, national teams playing 4.30 in the morning Eastern time. Uh, so set your alarm. You're not getting up for Loki. Go are watch you two like a live event per people or are you like, well, I'll watch the package at 8 o'clock at night? Live event for for the sports I care most about, which yeah. for this for the summer, it's going to be uh, tennis and soccer. Um, for the gymnastics, they do those packages really well in prime time. So I'm going to try to avoid spoilers, you know, yeah, for the swimming. This thing's going to send you alerts and it's going to say like the U S gymnastics team won gold. And you're going to be like, ah, oh, there's my nights ruined. Lots All right. Of so until we, meet, until we meet again next Tuesday night, uh, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here. Thank you.